from Arlington, Virginia, this is Formative Tracks, the show where we sit down with D.C. area musicians to talk about the top five songs that made them who they are. I'm Eliza Burkhan. Joining me today is Philip Bassnight from Broke Royals. Welcome, Philip. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So tell us a little bit about the group. You formed six years ago? We formed six years ago in Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, we were both graduating from William & Mary and uh, the drummer Colin Cross and I started as just a studio project. He was actually building a studio and asked me to make some demos for free that we could, uh, that he could shop around to clients. And the chemistry really worked. Uh, he helped fill out some of my songs. I was just a singer songwriter at the time, but he added drums and some other instrumentation. And it was just a really good partnership and it kind of evolved from there. And uh, along the way, we picked up Tymir Gore on bass and Ben Wilson on guitar. And that's uh, where we are now. Okay. Um, and are you guys all in DC now? Are you still in Williamsburg? All scattered. Uh, Colin just went back to school, got a master's degree. So he's actually back in Williamsburg. Uh, I'm in DC and then Tymir and Ben are actually in Richmond. So we're kind of spread okay. out across Virginia and DC. Got it. And where does the name come from? Uh, well, William Mary is named after the King Queen of England, and we were graduating uh, and thus very broke. And so the Royals <laughs> broke Royals. <laughs> it has Got a it. lot of meanings and people kind of take it a lot of ways, which we like. Um, and so it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but that's where it stemmed from. Okay, very logical. Um, so how have things been going over the past few months, uh, you know, amid the ongoing pandemic and uh, the protests, and it's been a very tumultuous period. Sure, it's been wild. Um, you know, our first reaction was kind of just shock, and it was hard to watch all the gigs that we had this summer uh, evaporate, and, you know, that was a lot of money, and so as a band, um, it's really hard to pull things together, like a live stream or all socially distancing and trying to be as safe as possible. Um, but we found sort of a silver lining, which was this uh, new project that we've started, which is sort of a telephone where I start with the song, I pass it on to Colin, who passes it on to Ben, passes it on to Tymir. Uh, and then our sound guy, Nate Takeri, mixes it. And every Friday we debut a live, a, a new song live on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Uh, and it's actually the first time that we as a band have even heard the song. So even though there was sort of a lot of turbulence at first, it's kind of turned into this really nice new project for us where we all get to see each other over, uh, you know, a live stream every week and hang out and actually produce a new song. So, Wow. Is that the Alone Together project? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Alone Together. Okay. Uh, so how many weeks and how many songs are you going to ultimately create? So we're doing it just by season. We're in season one. We did a pilot um, and five official episodes. So, you know, six episodes in kind of. And uh, we'll probably take a break at some point. I think we'll have to refill the tank as far as songwriting goes. But um, we'll definitely keep it going for, you know, a while here. We really like the consistency and it's let us branch into genres that we haven't done before or haven't tried in a long time. And um, there's sort of a levity to it that when you're all crammed in the studio, things can seem a little bit um, serious and, you know, maybe you're, you're paying for studio time and that's urgent and all that, but we've all upgraded our home studios now. So we can just kind of take this fun new approach to songwriting where uh, it all happens in a vacuum. And then uh, we've been really happy with the results so far. So not sure how long it'll go, but we'll definitely do seasons of it. 
And is the band a full-time thing or you guys all have full-time jobs and you just kind of do it in your free time? We play as much music as we can. Um, we've been really lucky to be really active in the spring and summer. Everybody has some other part-time thing that they do. Uh, a lot of it is in the music world uh, and Colin has been in school uh, over the last two years. But um, yeah, so it's this has been a real <laughs> adjustment to our schedule because, you know, as musicians, spring and summer is busy, busy and like festivals every weekend and stuff like that and so it's been a big readjustment for all of us but um yeah we, we play as much music as we can mm-hmm. yeah i imagine that's taking a hit on your guys's wallet too i mean it, totally yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's not easy to deal with <laughs> no and you know the reality is people don't really pay for music anymore uh band camp has been supremely cool about giving their proceeds to artists um but Otherwise, we, we know that in the streaming era, people are just, you know, going to listen to your music that way. And that's totally cool. We don't, we totally understand that that's how people listen to music these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why we're trying to get creative with things. And, you know, our um, Alone Together series sort of funnels into our Patreon. And we have a nice community there who likes to, you know, talk about all things Broke Royals and kind of hang out and support. So, yeah, getting creative. I think this is a real time for reimagining for all bands, not just for us, you know, for anyone who relied on gigging heavily or touring heavily, uh, those options just aren't coming back in the foreseeable future. And I really respect everyone who's done live stream concerts, but I think it's, you know, that's a different audience that's looking for that than, you know, someone who's going out to see live music at a venue and be with their friends and all that. So I think if you can find somewhere that gives you energy as a musician, you know, chase that probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to play your song Love and Tatters off your 2019 album, Saint Luxury. Uh, so what's the story behind this song before we play a, a clip of it? Sure. This was uh, one of the oldest songs that we had. Um, the theme of the whole album, we've, we tend to approach our albums as like concept, conceptual things. And the, our big theme was... Um, asking the right questions and not being fixated on answers. I think a lot of leaders, especially politicians and, you know, maybe corporations are promising answers in a time when we should be asking better questions and continuing Hmm. to push ourselves. And um, we got to take that in a lot of different directions on the album. Uh, We talked about religion and politics and work, and this is the sort of relationship version of that. Uh, Are you asking the right questions in your relationship or are you just sort of muddling through because you're in it and it's convenient and all that stuff. So um, this is sort of one of those relationships uh, on the fritz, but who knows what will happen to them. So I'm curious though, like what, what do you see as the quote unquote right questions to be asking in a relationship? I, I, you know, I think for this particular couple, it's, are we just here because it's convenient and we're scared to try something new. Uh, I think a lot of people don't think that they'll ever find anyone else. And so that sort of ends up being where they end up. Um, And so it was sort of an amalgam of a lot of people that I've seen over the years um, just struggle with the dating world of when's the right time to, you know, decide whether this is someone I want to be with long-term or this is just easy for me. Got it. Well, here's Love and Tatters by Brooke Royals.
been lost in your love, I can't deny When I see those eyes Oh, I just can't let go And you said, I didn't want to be here And I said, it doesn't even matter And we sat staring at each other for an hour So another song off the album, Can't Say, definitely has some Strokes vibes. Is that uh, an an influence for you guys? It's uh, definitely an influence uh, for me. uh, I I take that as a compliment, so thank you. we, I love the Strokes. Room on Fire was the first CD I got when I was like really young. My cousin gave me a burned CDR. Uh, it didn't even say the Strokes. It just CDR. said Room on Fire. <laughs> and uh, I think it was actually got leaked. And, you know, so 10-year-old me was, or whatever, was just thrilled. And um, right. so they're a huge influence for me. But it had been something that was sort of outside of our realm sonically. Uh, we we'd kind of gone more anthemic on our first album, and even the more honed-in songs tended to have a more edge from U2 guitar sound, you know, more delays and just like really atmospheric. Uh, but our Ben Ben Wilson, who plays guitar with us now, um, is just an absolute whiz, and he can do anything. And so it was really fun on the second album to veer into that Strokes territory which um, I heard the Strokes described as uh, electronic music by a rock band. Mm, you know, it's like really, mm-hmm. really almost like computer music, but it's done by a rock band. And so, yeah, that was kind of what we were going for on this one. So, Got it. Well, let's, yeah, well, let's hear some of Can't Say. Let's get down to business with your top five songs. Sure. Your, your first uh, was You Really Got a Hold on Me by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, which mm-hmm. you said your parents often played when you were growing up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so what influence did this song have on you at that time? Well, we just called it the waffle song before I knew what it was called. It was just on the weekends when we wanted to make waffles. Oh, uh, this was the song that my parents put on. And so I, I knew it as the waffle song for many years. Um, but it just, even when I was a kid, I think it stuck. There was something about the lyrical turn that, you know, this is another fraught relationship, but it's a love song. And um I don't like you, but I love you. It's it's one of those things that you could see a couple dancing to it at their wedding as their first dance, but it would kind of be off, right? And so that's sort of the lyricism, the quirky, you know, little wink that I like in lyrics. Um, Smokey Robinson is just a master at that. And, you know, if you really go deep on his discography, he didn't just write songs for himself. And so you see that kind of stuff all over his Motown catalog. Uh, And this just happens to be my favorite of his songs, maybe because I heard it first, but um, mostly the lyrics and also just what a melody that, you know, that intro guitar riff and then just everybody knows and loves this song, whether they know that they do or not. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and the, the way he sings hold me with like, it's crazy like it's sort of a run sort of a tremolo it's like so fast he's hitting a bunch of notes just in that one word um okay your second song was heart of the city by jay-z which you said was your quote gateway into rap so tell me more about that sure it's got um oh white snake the 80s band is the um their version of the song that he does the sample from. So it makes a lot of sense that, you know, as someone who grew up listening to primarily rock music and pop music, um, that hook really grabbed me. But the way Jay-Z approaches, you know, flow or tempo and rhythm is like, he, he's, he's able to switch his rhythms mid-sentence or, you know, mid-line, and he's just impeccable. So there's something really percussive about the way he raps. Um, that I find that I've always been attracted to. He's also right in that um, window before people started singing in rap songs. Like I think that was something that Kanye kind of brought in, and Future does it a lot, and uh, Lil Uzi Vert. Like they're all like kind of doing more of a melody, but he is just straight rapping. So he's a cool bridge between the old world of hip hop and the new world of hip hop. And obviously he's been around forever, so he lived in both of those worlds. Um, but I think that is part of why he kind of unlocked just getting into rap music generally for me, um, which I, I don't know what exactly it was, but around 2010, 2011, I just got so bored with any music with guitars. I just, I wasn't <laughs> doing it for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's a lot of music. Entire, that's a lot of music to eliminate. Quite a lot of music, but I switched entirely to hip hop and uh, dance music and, uh, I've I've circled back to guitar music, but it was um, Jay Z was always heavily in what I was listening to, and I've seen him a few times, and he's just um, you know even when he's rapping about some intense subjects in a live performance, he's just smiling ear to ear. He looks so happy to be there, and it's an infectious performance. Mm. So um, you know that that all fed into just my love of hip hop and all that, and he was the gateway. So it stands out as like a really formative track. Okay. Your third song is Modern Girl by Slater Kinney. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said the song made you realize that music could move you from sympathy to empathy. What did you mean by that? 
Sure. Um, this is fun for me. I wrote this track list a while ago, so I'm now remembering in real time. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, for most of growing up, I think music was a way for me to get pumped up or deal with emotions or so, sort of meet me where I was at. And that's how I looked at music. You know, I'm in a good mood. I want to listen to upbeat music. I want to listen to Stevie Wonder, right? But this, when I started listening to Sleater Kinney, um, this song particularly just really made me feel like my heart broke for her and what she was going through. Uh, Carrie from Sleater Kinney wrote this. And uh, you just start, when you feel the pit in your stomach for someone else, um, it, it, what she's writing about isn't exactly, they aren't exactly things that I've gone through personally, but it really broke my heart. Uh, and that's not to say that I've, you know, thus experienced them, but it really did help me kind of feel like, oh, wow, this, this lets me not only understand what they're going through on a mental level, but also on a gut level, on an emotional level. I can sometimes I'll put this song on and it just hits in a way that um, isn't meeting me where I'm at, but actually transporting me somewhere else. Your fourth song is Daily Prayer uh, by mm. Howard University music grad Aaron Aberdathy. Um, what did his dialogue album mean to you? Uh, this album's been really important for me um, over the last couple years. It came out in 2017, I think, and after Trump was elected and uh, with a lot of the things that that stirred up, the world just felt really raw and he was able to succinctly and beautifully put that to music. Uh, and, you know, I think one of the things about pop music is that it can take complex ideas and make it so that you can revisit them over and over and over again in bite-sized form so that they don't feel so daunting to think about or to tackle. And he packs so much into this album dialogue. Uh, I mean, I've kind of become the crazy guy who I bought a bunch of copies of this and I just give them out to everyone that I know. Mm. I'm like, oh, you haven't had, heard dialogue? You got to hear it. And they're like, I don't even have a CD player. And I'm like, I don't care. Take it. <laughs> I don't even have a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I love it. And uh, he is a very nice guy. I've had the chance to meet him a few times because he's a DC musician and I run, to, run into him around town and it just... Uh, supremely cool and unbelievably talented. So uh, I think he should, it's this, since the murder of George Floyd, this album has been getting a lot of attention again. Uh, and I think it's really something for everyone to, um, it has something for everyone. And I, I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, the musicianship is incredible. His words are powerful. His voice is awesome. Um, and you know, as a DC musician, it's also just really cool to think that a lot of what he's writing about, or, or it's interesting to think that a lot of what he's writing about is happening uh, in the same city where I live. And that just adds an extra layer onto the situation for me. Okay, your final song was Judy French by White nice. Reaper, <laughs> uh, which you said is commonly played in your band van, which I want to hear more about. I mean, the band van as well. But um, you called the song a modern classic and it, it definitely does sound like it's from another era. So just tell me a little bit about the backstory on this song and why it's always playing in your van. And also does your van have a name and 
Um, <laughs> I just, I love, you know, like the dream is always to have a band band when you're in a band. So you guys yep. actually have one. So you're clearly living the dream. We're living the dream. Um, sleeping in our van, all that good stuff. Um, the band, the van does have a name. It's the bro van. Um, we, we're all men right now, but we have had women in our band, but everyone's a bro because broke Royals, B-R-O. So that's sort of our, yep. That's okay. always our thing. Uh, the bros. Okay. Um, so we, I have a trick for playlists. If you're making a playlist for a long road trip or you're driving between gigs and you have a song that you really want everyone to love, but maybe they don't know already, you have to slip it into the playlist at least twice, maybe even three times if it's long enough, so that subconsciously it sinks in. And by the time we get to the top of the playlist again, everybody goes, oh, I like this song. This one really stood out to me. So this was my trick uh, a few years ago when we went to South by Southwest. And um, that's really long drive. We decided not to do any gigs on the way down. So we drove straight there and uh, from DC. And Judy French was on the playlist a lot. They had been introduced to me as Lo-Fi Van Halen, which speaks to me immediately. Um, I don't know that that's exactly the right title for them anymore. Their music has branched out, uh, especially on their new album, You Deserve Love. They've sort of gone more classic rock and more polished. But um, Judy French is just an all-time favorite for me. It's got a really, really cool guitar riff. And it's something that kind of, is the bridge between everyone in the band. Uh, our bassist and guitarist are really into uh, heavier rock music. Colin and I are more still in the hip hop or alternative camp and uh, White Reaper is the name of the band and this is where it all kind of comes together. So this just makes me think of the guys and, and it's a fun song and we've you know proven that there is no end to how many times we can listen to this song. We can put it on repeat forever and it still sounds good. I'm still, I'm thinking about your playlist theory. It sounds like a great idea, but I don't quite get how people would subconsciously, like in other words, don't you think musicians would notice if they're hearing a song two times in one playlist? Yeah, and I'm, I'm talking like really long. Like I'm talking okay, like 10 okay. hour playlist. Okay. We're, we're going is a long. Okay. Know, so maybe, maybe there's like, like, maybe there's like a three playlist. or four hour gap between the first time it appears. Exactly. And the second. Yep. Okay. Okay. Maybe right. then. This is a long time. Yep. Okay. All right. So Unfortunately. One of those really robust playlists. Right. Unfortunately, I, I think most of us wouldn't have the opportunity to like <laughs> listen to, you know, an eight to 10 hour playlist straight sure. collectively, unless you were going on a road trip. But I have to, I just want to, you know, I'm a big fan of playlists myself. And I just said, I'm going to give this theory. I want to test this theory basically. So, but you know, I would test it at one or two hours. Yeah. Okay. The science okay. is still out, you know? Okay. Okay. This is um, something to consider. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today, Philip. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media and catch up on archived episodes where you get your podcasts and join us soon for another episode where we sit down with a DC area musician to talk about the top five songs that made them who they are. <laughs>